Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Political Division Re-Envisioned with Nick Liberty. Uh, first off, right off the bat, if you guys can tell, um, my uh, voice sounds a little off right now. I uh, had COVID this last week, which is why there was no upload. Uh, so if I sound a little off, a little nasally, my apologies. I'm going to try and uh, get through this as well as I can. I'm feeling much better now, basically back to 100%, but uh, my voice is still a little bit off kilter. So hopefully that doesn't take away too much from the episode. Um, so this episode, I'm going to get into immigration, both illegal and legal immigration. Uh, I want to go over the general principles of it. I want to go over some of the hypocrisy of the people in power when it comes to immigration policies and how both parties feel about it. Um, I want to go into the specifics on it and also the uh, more general uh, ideas and concepts surrounding immigration. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode and uh, I'll get started at the top here. So first off, right off the bat, let's start from a, a numerical stance so that people know where immigration currently stands. Because a lot of people don't really know what immigration looks like in the United States and, and other, other states and, or other countries rather. Um, so in the U.S., according to Pew Research and Wikipedia, there's a bunch of different numbers that are between like 1 and 1.2 million, depending on who you look at, for, for legal immigration. So, I mean, the U.S. has a current population of about 330 million. So if we have 1 million just over immigrants, then that means that we take in about a third of a percent of our population and immigrants per year which is a pretty substantial number. What I find interesting is that other states that are in a similar situation to the United States, except they have far more land, like Canada, for example, only take in about 300,000 immigrants per year. And that's actually up from where they were pre-2015 when they were around 250,000. So I think it's interesting that in America, we have this expectation to continue allowing more and more immigrants in, even when we can't take care of the people who are already here, despite the fact that similar countries with a lot more space and a lot less people are taking in significantly less immigrants. Um, so that's one of the things I find interesting when it comes to arguments on immigration. I, I don't really understand where the disconnect comes from and why there's this manipulation on America doesn't like immigrants anymore, doesn't want them around when we let in a third of a percent of our entire population per year. I mean, that adds up quick. If you think about that, that means in three years we let in about 1% of our population beyond people who are already here. That adds up pretty fast. So you end up with a, with a pretty substantial uh, population of immigrants, which is not necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. I mean, it depends on who those people are. It's just a, a neutral, just a state of fact. So I don't think there's anything wrong with immigration, but I don't know why there's this discussion about how we need to increase or decrease or, or do the changes that we need based on a, um, a worldwide expectation state of mind, which is what a lot of, um, a lot of folks, especially on the left, like to make it out to be this uh, hateful rhetoric by the right that they don't want to continue increasing immigration. When, I mean, to be fair, the U.S. is allowing in far more immigrants than most other nations, with the uh, only exception that I'm aware of being the EU. But the European Union has so many different countries in it that, you know, naturally they're going to have variations in immigration levels from country to country within that 
that mass of the European Union. So I, I find it really interesting that you know these seem to be arguments that just because the U.S. has a key border where countries can more easily access it, it becomes more of an expectation of the United States to let immigrants in. And again, I'm not saying that there's a harm in having responsible immigration, but to, to say that we're not doing enough and we need to open up the borders, which I've heard a lot of people make arguments for, seems uh, foolhardy to me. And it doesn't really seem like the people making that argument actually care about the people they're claiming to, but rather they're trying to get catchphrase uh, attention and trying to get that, that tagline key phrases to get constituents to vote for them. Um, so in the next like segment here, I'm going to go into some of the details on why I think legal immigration is a good thing if it's responsible and if you can actually take care of the people that are coming in and make that a, a symbiotic relationship between the immigrant and the place of immigration. Um, and then I'm also going to go into why I don't think that securing the southern border was a racist uh, argument or why it is a, a bad idea. So I hope that you guys enjoy this next segment here. I'll get started right away. So first off in this section, I want to debunk sort of one of the most common uh, issues with immigration. And that's that we need to let more people in in greater numbers along the southern border because we have jobs that immigrants, especially illegal immigrants, fill that Americans don't want to do. And there's a lot of things wrong with that on like the surface. If you really think about what that statement is saying, what that statement is saying is that we have jobs that are crucial that need to be done but that companies or groups or employers aren't willing to pay a reasonable wage. They're not willing to provide benefits. They're not willing to provide a reasonable compensation for those jobs. So if you're talking about a simple job of harvesting, uh, let's just say vegetables, uh, you're you know, harvesting vegetables or fruit or whatever, which is one of the common arguments I hear from the left. If your argument in that is that we need to let more people in, especially illegally, so that they can essentially be slaves to the system and do the jobs that we don't want to do. If you don't see the problem with that, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, realistically, if these jobs are critical and they need to be done, we should be able to pay a reasonable wage to a person to do them. There's no reason that those jobs should be so vastly underpaid that the only way to do it is by having people who are off the books and can't find better work. That's miserable. So if, if your argument for increasing immigration or allowing more illegal immigration is so you can utilize these people as slave wage and they can't actually excel or contribute to the system in any substantial way, that's not really helping them, and you're not really looking out for those would-be immigrants or those are immigrants. Those people should be getting reasonable jobs that are above board where they can get paid and have benefits, have vacation days, have sick pay, have you know a reasonable tax rate. They should be able to contribute to the system and reap the benefits as well without having to, to be here under some tenement-style uh, you know, a feudal working scenario. 
it's it's just silly to me, and I hear that argument all the time that the main reason we need to increase immigration is to do jobs that Americans won't do, and it always strikes me as just so incredibly odd. And now that's referring to both legal and illegal immigration on the jobs front, but when it comes specifically to illegal immigration, one of the things that I found fascinating was that you had a lot of folks on the left that said we couldn't afford to pay for the border wall on the southern border. So for one thing, to me, when you secure a border but still keep legal immigration strong, you're actually providing more opportunity for the people that have good intentions. If you have people who genuinely want to be a part of a system and want to, to grow with the country and have a symbiotic relationship, those people are more likely to go through the correct process and want to be here. And when you let in tons and tons of people across the border illegally, you take away opportunity, you take away the potential for them to find success because you're, you're, you're narrowing the pool. The reality is, is that, in my opinion, if you strengthen the border, but uh, but still allow strong legal immigration in a reasonable number, you're going to have a better impact on your immigrants than if you just let people in because you feel bad. I understand where people come from on the humanitarian side, where they feel bad that these people don't have the same opportunities as they might have in America. But at the end of the day, if you don't have some kind of discretion and you just let anybody in all at once all the time, you're just going to take those opportunities away even more and create more division. And the argument that I've heard where we can't afford to secure the border, the estimates for the border wall in completion were, well, the estimates were low. But the way things were going when the wall was being constructed, it was supposed to be somewhere between, I think the, the, the overall cost was like $13.8 at the time, and there was a couple billion dollars left to do. What I find hilarious, well, not hilarious, maybe that's the wrong term. What I find interesting is that the same people who said we couldn't afford the funding to build the wall also voted to send money over to Ukraine for military support. And now I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that Ukraine didn't need help and that we shouldn't have sent that aid. That's not my decision to make. Everybody can have their opinion on that. I could do an episode on Ukraine at a later date and discuss that, but that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is essentially what you have with Ukraine and Russia is you have one country that has a border with another country and Ukraine says, this is our sovereign border and you are not to cross this. Russia goes across it and now it's an invasion. Now Russia's trying to take over. And by us sending funding to Ukraine, we're essentially saying, okay, your border matters. We need to secure your border in Ukraine overseas, far away from America. And again, not that that's a bad thing, but we need to do that for them. And that's justifiable. But securing our border on our country with our citizens to protect our people, that isn't as important and it doesn't need to be done and we don't need to secure our borders. There's no need to have borders. So it just, it ends up being this real double standard in my mind that just doesn't seem to add up when you talk about being able to send foreign aid to protect other countries' borders, but not wanting to protect our own. 
And again, I just don't think that any of these policies actually benefit the people that are trying to come here legally and that want to be a part of the American system. And I encourage that. I think it's fabulous when you have people that come over with different cultural perspectives and they and they assimilate, but not in a negative connotation. I don't mean like they become, you know, like you're two kids in a picket fence and the, the smiling neighbor from the 1950s. When I say assimilate, I mean people that are going to come here and be functioning members of society and be friendly with their neighbors. They, they, they obviously can still carry on their traditions from their countries and carry on their culture. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. In fact, I encourage it. If, if for nothing else, I don't know about people listening out there, but I love having a variety of restaurants with all different owners that make all different dishes that you wouldn't get in a, a singular culture country. It's great to be able to, like when I go to like New York City, for example, and there's 10,000 different vendors with all different cultural backgrounds that are making all different delicious foods. It's awesome. And that carries over in every aspect. When you have people that are willing to participate in the American system, pay their taxes, you know, do what they're supposed to do as a person, keep up their home and their area and their community and, and do what what is good for everyone and themselves included, and also hold on to their traditions and bring the best of what they came from here, that's fabulous. That's awesome. But on the other side of that coin, you have people that are coming here illegally, that are taking away resources from people that want to be here and want to participate, people that don't really want to become better, people that don't have the means to become better, people that end up working essentially, like I said earlier, slave jobs where you don't have a social security number because you're an illegal immigrant, so you can't get any benefits. You don't pay any taxes on income, which I'd argue that overall people shouldn't pay taxes on income. But if that's what everyone else has to do, that's what an immigrant should have to do as well. Um, but you end up in this situation where it's not really benefiting anyone except for the employers that are taking advantage of them. It's not even really benefiting the government because you're not getting that funding. The only way that it benefits them is if uh, the voting is relaxed, you can still get some extra votes as a you, I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of scenario. But it just comes down to, at the end of the day, I really think with immigration that the key is to bolster the immigration legally, to provide more visas, to provide more, especially like with the idea of having visas before you become a full-on citizen. That's fabulous, like the green cards and everything having people be able to prove that they're that they're here for the right reasons and then being like absolutely here's your here's your citizenship here's your social security welcome aboard uh, i think that's awesome and i think even responsibly increasing immigration and support for immigrate immigrants is something you can get both parties on board for especially if you you know you're never going to completely eliminate illegal immigration but if you cut back on that and take it as a serious issue and say there is a threat with having illegal immigration with having people that might be coming here for the wrong reasons whether that's just that they're not going to contribute or if they have some malicious intent we've seen that as well in some cases so it's it's a matter of finding an agreement on both sides. And I think that you find that agreement, like I said, 
by offering more substantial and more beneficial programs for legal immigration and cut back and crack down on illegal immigration. And I just don't think that that's an unreasonable thing. And I think that if you're out there and you're in either the left or right wing echo chamber, you've been led to believe that if you're on the right, that the left wants to just let anybody into America without any check, any kind of, you know, no concern for anything whatsoever. And if you're on the left, I think that they've made you think that the right wants to ship out all immigrants who have been here, um, forget the the past of immigration in America and just, you know, make it uh, ethnocentric, which I really don't believe that either of those two realities are true. I think that that may be some very small aspects of each party, but I think the if you're looking at the at the uh, scatter plot of the left and right, I think you'd be looking at about an eighty percent of the the center areas would be in the house of reasonable immigration with reasonable controls, and I don't think that from most of the politicians that I see in the field. And most of the people that I speak to that are actually participating in the system are in that same wheelhouse. I find that the people in the crowds, the, the average everyday people I talk to, we can have a reasonable discussion. But the people on the stages behind the microphones, they always want to either lock it down or open it up. And I just don't think that that's a reasonable argument on either side. Um, so once again, if uh, this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. Glad to have you here. Always happy to have new viewers. Um, I encourage you to reach out whether you enjoyed this episode and you want to give feedback or criticism or you want to get involved in the show. If you disagree, that's even better. I love to have good faith debates. Um, please reach out at political division reenvisioned, just like the name of the podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's political division reenvisioned at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from some of you guys and, uh, you know, like, share, comment, whatever you can do. I'd love to get some feedback on this episode and the other ones that I've posted. And uh, now that I'm no longer down with the uh, sickness, <laughs> um, with the COVID, whichever variant I had, I will hopefully be back to a normal uh, uploading schedule and maybe I'll even do a second episode this week like I've done a few times just to make up for the fact that there was no episode last week. So uh, thank you all for listening. This has been Political Division Re-Envisioned with Nick Liberty. I hope you guys all have a fabulous day and stay safe out there. Bye.